Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to read? Man, that's Welcome in to the podcast, I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm half of your host team, Jason Tiffin, along with Tom Sims, and I'm pretty sure that we're about to get a, a treat uh, on the intro from Tom and, and all together on the podcast. I don't know what there you're talking about, brother. There we go. They call me Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, friend? Friendo? <laughs> Tom is, Tom is podcasting from Cancun, Mexico. We've already lost one connection. That's this whole other country. Whole other country. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Tom, let me ask you, how are the Mexican people uh, taking the Gus Malzahn firing? I'm telling you, it's crazy down here. I went and they were all out of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, I have a feeling that you're going to interrupt me all night tonight. And uh, Tom's an all-inclusive, by the way. And he he's taking full advantage of the all-inclusive, which he should. But I think it's more of the, the drink than the food. You get both for free. I don't know if you know that, Tom. Like You can eat as much as you want, and you can drink as much as you want. <laughs> I, I feel like you're doing the latter. So um, you have the commentary. I'm just going to shut up and let you talk. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, if you're in an all-inclusive, you have to start early. I mean, there's, I've had mimosas every morning for breakfast, and I think they had some food there a couple of times. I'm not sure, but you're you're absolutely 100% correct. You've you've got to start early. You've got to take full advantage. Otherwise, you might as well go somewhere uh, non-all-inclusive. But I think. What Tiffin was getting at is this week I have the commentary and I'm completely unprepared. I didn't even hardly watch any uh, football. A plane left uh, Saturday morning about 8 a.m. and I was, no, that's not true. We left the house at 8 a.m. The plane left about 11:30, which is right at the kickoff of the Alabama game. And I told him, hey, I actually got to watch the tide play on the plane. I'm sure there was a little bit of delay, but. Uh, I think Arkansas probably will on more of a delay than we had. But nonetheless, hey, before I get into the commentary, shout out to Garrett McMillan. McMillan, my protege. Well, I don't know. Do you have to be good at stuff to have a protege? He's just a kid I liked all all, uh, all his life. His buddy, his father is my best friend. Anyway. McMillan just signed a scholarship with the uh, University of Alabama to play baseball this fall. Not this fall, this spring. Coming up. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyway. Congrats. congrats. Uh, yeah. Congrats to McMillan. He's, 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 a, he's a fine player, sir. Um, okay. Getting into what is going to be the obvious commentary. I don't know. Some, some of our listeners may not have heard. But Gus Malzahn got fired yesterday. I know. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a second. Now that you composed yourself, so weird, right? I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches Auburn's ever had. I actually went back 
because I have so much on my plate the last couple of days, I went back and looked at the highest winning percentages for Auburn head coaches over the years. And here's a name, a blast from the past, that I know all Auburn fans want back. He's gotten the highest win, winning percentage in Auburn history. Tiffany, you want to take a shot at it? Uh, Gene Chizik. No, uh, of course not. Every good Auburn fan knows it's Mike Donahue. Mike scored a, a solid 74% in 146 games at Auburn. I mean, you just can't touch that. And since that time, it's been sort of a, a, a cascade of coaches that never could live up to it. Gus, Gus comes in. You know, I hadn't even looked at this. So that's probably a pretty good thing to look at. Gus comes in at 2% lower winning percentage than Jordan. Is it Jordan or Jordan? It's a Jordan, but it, it, Jordan. either way, we'll take either pronunciation. Yeah, it, yeah if we're on Jeopardy, I get credit for that one, folks. Uh, you know who is the second highest winner percentage behind Donahue? Tommy Tuberville. Is it Tuberville. Donahue or Donahue? Tommy Tuberville. No, he's not. He's nice. 68%. Gus Malzahn. I just said Gus was 66 and Tubbs was 68. I was just throwing this out there. It's not a trick question, brother. Just tell me who you think. I'll tell you. It's Terry Bowden. (laughs) He's available. (laughs) He's He's available. He should get a look. I mean, you know what's weird? I looked down this list. You had Mike Donahue, of course. Everybody knows is the greatest coach ever in Auburn history. And then you have Jordan, which is probably, I mean, he's probably the third or fourth best coach ever. I'm just guessing. I don't know how the Auburn fans. I know he's got his name on the stadium. That's probably because his dad donated a lot of money. I don't know. I, I don't know the history. But when you look down through here, you have Donahue, Jordan, Pat Dye, Malzahn, Tubbs, and Terry Bowden. And you look through this list and you go, oh, man, I forgot what my point was. Um, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, but but seriously, you look through there and you you look at the percentages and, oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh... Pat died. They can say what they want about him, but Gus, Tubbs, and Bowden all were run off. Those are the best coaches in Auburn history. They've all been run off. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not. They can say what they want, and they can say Bama fans are arrogant or whatever. But at the end of the day, when they can't keep up with Big Brother, they run them off, regardless of how well they do within the scope of the program. And that's just, I mean, it's just a fact. And yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. When you look, I, I named a lot of coaches here. Just one more point here. Donahue, Jordan, Dye, Gus, Tuberville, Bowden. That's six coaches. And we, and we kind of know the story on five out of the six. And now here we are with Gus. How will he really be remembered at Auburn, do you think? Uh, Cam Newton and be, uh, his success to, against uh, Saban as a head coach and mm-hmm. and Cam Newton to me. Yeah, I, I mean I agree, but you, you know that's a big thing. They gauge themselves against Alabama all the time, and he's been probably one of the most successful coaches he's ever had against the most prolific Alabama coach there has ever been 
and it's still not good enough. Yeah. It'll never be good enough down there. No. And uh, you make a good point. And one, the best tweet I've seen on it was Cecil Hurt. And he said the last three Auburn coaches that have been run off, because they, they have been, you know, Tuberville was like um, – uh, he resigned or whatever, dude. He was getting fired. I don't, you know, they they wanted a good parting of ways for whatever reason. You know, Tuberville's last Iron Bowl was thirty six to nothing. Chiswick's last Iron Bowl was forty nine to nothing, and Gus's last Iron Bowl was forty two to thirteen. And Cecil said, you know, he he said like I'm not an Auburn insider by any means. He said, but it appears to me that when the gap between Auburn and Alabama, or excuse me, Alabama and Auburn is is too big to be unbridgeable. That's when they let the coach go. And Malzahn, 3-5 and five versus Bama, played for one national title, won the SEC once, won the SEC West twice. He's the only team in the past eight years, that's his tenure, eight years, only, only team in the past eight years to win the SEC outside of Georgia, Bama, LSU. Okay, Bama and LSU both won national titles in that, in that time frame. <clears throat> Georgia played for a national title. And then, of course, Auburn played for a national title in 2013. And I, I get it. I get why they let him go. But it, it, I get it, but it's also stupid because who are they going to get this better than him? You know, the only coach that name has been thrown around, and I don't know if you've kept up with it or not, down in Mexico, but the only coach's name that's thrown around that scares me is Hugh Freeze. And the only reason that scares me is because of what he did to us at Ole Miss. He's unconventional. And they're stupid if they don't go with unconventional because so, you may tell you what you get when you go conventional against Nick Saban and you can't out-recruit him. You get Arkansas. You get Mississippi State. You get, um, I mean, maybe Missouri, Georgia, I think. You know, look at, the, look at those records against Saban. Arkansas and, and Tennessee. Tennessee's another good one that has gone conventional. Uh, here's what – that's what you get with, with – when you go conventional against Nick Saban and you can't out-recruit him, Tennessee is 0 for 14, Mississippi State is 1 and 13, Arkansas is 0 and 14, and Georgia beat us his first year and hasn't beat, beaten us since. I think five or six in a row. I think six in a row now. So if Auburn goes, and I don't, you probably don't know this, but the the hot rumor is Kevin Steele is going to be promoted to head coach. Dude, can we get that lucky? Uh, temporarily, I guess we can, but we don't get to play him with him as a head coach, I'm, I'm sure. But <laughs> No, dude, they're saying he's going to be the guy. Like, that's oh. the hot – Yes, what? that is the – that's the hot rumor. I mean, he is up there. It's between uh, – if you depend on who you listen to, and Philip Marshall, who really has his pulse, uh, really has the Auburn pulse – you know, he's very close to Auburn program is what I'm trying to say. He is saying yeah, Freeze. I, know. I he, heard a lot of that pulse talk, but go ahead. He is saying Freeze is a no-go. Like, he keeps reiterating Freeze is a no-go. And he, to me, a lot of times he gets marching orders from up above, and they're like, hey, you need to prepare the Auburn fans for this. Hey, you need to prepare the Auburn fans for that. And I feel like he's preparing Auburn fans. Like, don't count on Hugh Freeze. Now, I'm still – I. I I believe it's going to be Freeze because he has had success against Saban. That's what they're me- they measure their program against, as Alabama, of course. But the hot names outside of Freeze are Cristobal and Kevin Steele. And I mean, I'm not Cristobal. Okay, he he has done well at Oregon. I think he's a great recruiter. That's why they're after him. But what has he done to warrant hiring him at at a at a program like Auburn? I just I don't see it. You know, he doesn't have 
huge SEC ties. I think his only SEC tie would be Saban and Bama. You know, he was at FAU, FIU, one of those teams in South Florida. And now he's at Oregon, which is a – that you are getting a P5 coach to leave a P5 school and come to your school. That's always good. But I just – if they – dude, if they promote Kevin Steele – to from defensive coordinator to head coach, he had uh, he's been a head coach one time to my knowledge at Baylor. I think he went one in thirty one. Of course, this was twenty five years ago or whatever. But listen, Bama fans, Georgia fans, Mississippi State fans are going to be turning cartwheels if Auburn hires Kevin Steele. Which brings me back to like, why did you fire the guy? And and they fired him because they're just tired. They're tired of Gus. They're bored with Gus. There's some great articles written on it uh, this, you know, today, last night, yesterday, today, uh, from from writers I really don't like, Dan Wolken and Pat Forty. But man, they nailed it. They nailed it. Auburn, they they can't keep up with Bama. And Barrett Salee, who is uh, he's an Auburn guy. You know, he he grew up in an Auburn family. He tweeted out today. He said, "You can believe what you want." Uh, but you know, Bama Bama had little to do with uh, with Gus's firing. And I'm like. He said a lot more words than that, but I'm like, you're kidding me, right? They've got beat Bama in their team room. On their equipment 18-wheeler, they have point. They have the colon zero one, you know, one second. Yet they don't revolve. Their program doesn't revolve around Bama, and, and that's why Malzahn uh, got fired. A huge buyout, 21 point something million. He's owed half of that. He's owed over 10 million dollars within the next 30 days, and then his annual payments for four years. So, um, hey. Congrats on becoming a multi-millionaire for doing nothing for the next four years. But I just I figured that's where you're going to commentary, and um, part of me is glad that he's gone. I, no, a lot of me, a lot of not not part of me, all of me is glad he's gone because unconventional beats Nick Saban. Gus Malzahn, unconventional beats Nick Saban. Hugh Freeze, unconventional beats Nick Saban. The only the only coaches to me that are not uh, unconventional that have had a lot of success. Dabo Swinney, and what does he do? He recruits to the level that Nick Saban recruits to. You know, Kirby Smart has taken us to the wire a couple of times, or I, well, I guess, yeah, a couple of times, ACC Championship and then the National Championship, uh, and he recruits uh, up to the level. Where I think Jimbo Fisher is going to, you know, take us to the wire the next few years because he's recruiting at a high level. So, please, Please, Burr Rabbit, hire Kevin Steele or hire Mario Cristobal, and I'll take my chances with a conventional attack where we don't have to worry about, hey, can we hurry up and run a play because Alabama has 12 men on the field. Yeah, there's a lot of excellent points, Serge. You're going to have to you're going to uh, bottle those up into short segments because you start talking about something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to hit on that. And then I forget because you get so long-winded. Okay, well, we're and I, yeah, we're already 15 minutes. We're, um, you're not going to believe this, but we're running short on time. So let's go ahead and already? winners and losers. Uh, now, I, I, but, but I agree with you as far as uh, Auburn's mentality, which is beat Bama and how it has to happen. Somebody in that program has got to say, we need to ignore Alabama and build a successful program from the ground up. And whether that means losing to Alabama uh, immediately or whatnot, you've got to recruit. I mean, because you're exactly right. It's it's Jimmy's and Joe's, and that has never been more obvious than when uh, you know Saban sat on the couch with uh, Miss Terry and uh, watch the Auburn game from his house. 
mm-hmm. it's Jimmy's and Joe's, and it's getting them in your program, and of course you're coaching them up per se, air quotes there, but it's pretty easy to coach up four and five star players. You have to create a mentality, you have to create a program that instills winning, instills discipline, instills doing things the right way, and then you get other players to buy into that, and not only other players, other good players. Mm -hmm. That's easier said than done. There's not a lot of people that do that. Yeah, I mean, to close out, the 2020 Iron Bowl, you know, you mentioned Saban wasn't there. The 2020 Iron Bowl was not won on that Saturday. It was not won on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday preparation. It was won in 2007 when we hired the right guy and he built the program like you just said. So, um, uh, you know, it, it is – you can't it's, – it's not self-sustaining and Saban knows that. And when, we, when he does hang it up, we've got to get a coach that understands you can't roll out the ball just because you're Alabama. You have to continue to work, continue to improve. And I, I think I, – I hope – goodness, I hope we make the right hire because it's, it's been a great, you know, 14 years. But – Let's get into winners and losers, and we're pretty pretty uh, obvious of who we're taking here. Uh, Bama, uh, I've got three bullet points. I've got Bama, Bama's Heisman Hopes, and Sankey slash SEC. They actually made winners and losers segment. We'll go into that, but we'll start off with Bama. Impressive win at a place we don't always play well at. Uh, you know, tw- 2014, which we uh, made the playoffs, that was the first year. You know, we won that game 14-13 to 13 and had like a fourth down stop late in the game to, to seal the victory. Uh, you know, Harris, our linebacker, got injured on the first play, and, man, that was a big concern. I'm like, here we go. You know, this Notre Dame and Clemson chose not to play, and uh, Ohio State, you know, they didn't have a – they could have gotten them a game to put them to six wins, but they're like, nope, we'll just, we're going to roll with five, five victories and hope they get number six against Northwestern. And luckily, that was the only injury that we sustained, to my knowledge. And I think he is he is questionable or even maybe probable for this weekend. So it doesn't appear that it was too bad of an injury. Um, Arkansas prevented the deep ball all game. I, I was watching it. Uh, Misty and I went to Birmingham, and I watched it at uh, on tap on around in Hoover. And um, I'd text Daryl, I'm like, is it safe to say that, because it was kind of noisy in the bar, and I'm like, is it safe to say that Arkansas is guarding against the deep ball? And he's like, yeah, I think so. So, you know, we did what we did what you do to win. We didn't force it. We dumped off. I mean, I think Mac was 24-29, no touchdown passes, but a decent amount of yards, a great percentage, 24-29. And, you know, this is going to be a foreign concept to, uh, to Florida. When we got inside the red zone, we ran the ball. We got in five, inside the five-yard line, we handed it off to our, our running backs. And um, what's funny is Mac lost the Heisman, air quotes, this game until Trask turned around and lost it right back in his game, which we'll talk about in the loser section. But, uh, you know, you said you watched a good bit of the Bama game on the plane. What do you what would you like to add? Yeah, just that. I mean, I watched it. I watched it all, which was awesome. How, how crazy is it that you can get on an airplane these days and, and, and watch a live college football game now? <sighs> don't get me started on Delta, though. They showed me, like, the first quarter, and then it cut off, apparently, once I got far enough away from land, and then I had to uh, buy into some sort of... Uh, I forget I forget even how I had to buy I purchased it, though. <laughs> I went through the process, <laughs> and I got it. 
and watch the rest of it. So yeah, it was. I don't. I don't even remember when I started buying it. It was twenty four to three or something. I was like, yeah, I need to watch the rest of this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is worth twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, now you hit on exactly that freaking. Uh, you get in the red zone, and, and Najee takes over, and Brian Robertson had a lot of good runs or whatnot. And it and is a stark difference from exactly what we were talking about last week, if we're going to talk about Trask versus Mac, You know, last week it was first and goal, and Trask threw it. You know, first and goal from the three, that's a pass. First oh, yeah. and goal from two, pass. First and goal from the five, pass. Second, third, fourth, whatever, pass, pass, pass. Uh, we're pounding it in. And the reason it, the reason we're pounding it in is not so, hey, we can get Najee in the Heisman or not so we can get uh, Devontae, you know, on reverse in the Heisman. We, we score to score as a team. It's more, hey, we can run this in, so let's run it in. That's the safer play. You know, if we you need play throw, we'll to need win throw. the game. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, from from that standpoint, it was awesome. I loved it, and I and I was a little bit afraid that this game ahead of the SEC championship game would be a little tougher. Particularly, you know, and I've I've hyped this Arkansas team all year. Uh, they they've been on my um, my my gambling list for most of the season, and. I was I was a little bit concerned that that we'd be looking ahead or we'd be you know hanging out a little bit and and have one eye forward and Arkansas will be playing to win and and have a, a staunch defensive effort but wow you know 50, yeah. 50 something to three eight no, sacks. not much we can say about that yeah eight sacks good yeah. lord since uh, I I'd seen say many since sacks the since half. I was in Publix. Since 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 the second half of the Georgia game, I don't know that we haven't been the best defense uh, in the nation, and I, I don't know what the stats bear out. I'm just saying I test, and um, you know we finished the season's over for all intents and purposes, and uh, we got a few games left. But I, we're number one in offense, number one in defense, and it's conference only season. It's just an amazing season. I don't know that this isn't our best team ever, and man, that's some high praise with some of the players come through here, but. The second winner I've got is Bama's Heisman hopes. And like I said, you know, Trask, when, when Mack didn't throw for any touchdowns, uh, I'm like, well, you know, if Trask, they're going to beat LSU. And if he throws for four touchdowns, like it's going to be his. It really doesn't matter what happens in Atlanta. As long as he as long as long he shows up in Atlanta, you know, it's just going to be too hard to overtake him. But I, I feel like now I feel like a Bama player brings it home. And, man, Devontae is getting a lot of, of you know, positive press from different people. He's the best player in college football. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he is – he's the best – let me put it this way. He's the best non-quarterback. I still – you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be is, – is an unreal talent, and he should be an unreal talent in the NFL. Trask is phenomenal. Mack is great. Najee is great. But when you take away – you take away every quarterback, and, I mean, it would be a huge upset if Devontae didn't win the Bolitnikoff. And I'm telling you, with that punt return – he put himself square. That was, you know, he's had two Heisman moments in the in back-to-back weeks. He had the catch in the back of the end zone against LSU, and then he had the uh, the punt return. And I, I really think that I think it's between Mac and Devontae this weekend, outside of 
let's say that Mac um, doesn't throw for any touchdowns and Devontae doesn't catch any touchdowns, of course, doesn't return a punt, we run everything in against Florida. Trask, let's say he throws for five touchdowns, it's a shootout. I could see Trask getting it. But right now the smart money is on is on one of the Bama players. And my prediction is this. If Devontae can amass three touchdowns, I think he's got it. And if, especially if one of those touchdowns is, is another punt return and and hopefully we'll have a you know have a chance to to get him back there some against Florida. I don't know what their punter looks like or anything like that. I'm sure they you know they Florida is a great talent, so it'll be very hard for him to break it harder than it was against uh, Arkansas. But man, right now I you give me you give me Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and and I'll give you the field and I feel pretty good about that bet. That's 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 not a bad bet at all, and you're exactly right. Uh, Devontae had his Heisman monument that pump return last week and it's unfortunate a little bit that Arkansas was as easy as a win as we had because if you'd have got Devontae a touchdown or two receiving plus mm-hmm. the punt return now we'd really be looking at something but uh but yeah I mean barring a now Florida needs to win the game this weekend for Trask to get back in it in my opinion yeah if Trask wins the game uh, and of course, throws you know whatever uh, yardage touchdowns whatever. I mean, it's got to be a good good showing. Then then he's going to be back in it because he's he's not that far out now. I mean, it's 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 really still neck and neck. But what if Trask blows it? I mean, just I'm I'm just I just did a supposition here while we're sitting here and I'm looking out over the ocean I'm drinking from a cup that says Bubba on it that's of no consequence to you but nonetheless what if what if Trask blows it is there any chance is there any chance let's I'm looking at a Hawaiian tropic I don't know why that that's just some sunscreen but anyway it's come to my mind is there any chance that Mac Devonte and Najee gets invited. You know it. it I, all I think they all three deserve to be invited, and and they very well might be. You know, there's no set number of who you have to invite. They've they've taken That's three right. before, and they've taken five before. I don't know if they've ever taken six, but I know they've taken five. So uh, it'd be nice to see. I mean, Najee's numbers are up there with our other two Heisman winners. Uh, you know, Ingram and. And uh, and Derrick Henry and I'm not I don't know about his yards but his touchdowns you know he's got the most touchdowns of, of any running back in SEC, in the Alabama history so he's in lofty company it, it would be nice to see it'd be nice to see Trask and then the three Bama guys that would be awesome no doubt that would be unbelievably sweet but unprecedented too I would imagine our last uh, our last winner and. He leads off our losers, so we can kind of talk of both sides of the coin here. Is Sankey slash SEC. Uh, kudos for playing. You know, it would have been it been real easy for Sankey to follow suit with the ACC and say, you know what, we've got uh, we've got Bama and Florida have both clinched their divisions, and Florida's in a playoff contention, and we will uh, we're not going to put our teams at risk for injury. We'll give both of them a week off, and but we did. You know, we uh, we played, and. Um, 
I think if this weekend holds, we play all but one game that was scheduled. I, I, I typed that out, then I, or I wrote it out, then I was typing it out, and an alert came through on my phone. And I, I think maybe Georgia Vandy is canceled. I'm not 100% sure. So that would be two games missed. But there's five games supposed to be played this week. And if all five get played, I think we only miss one game. And, man, what a, what a great – job by Sankey you know and I listened to the first podcast that we did this year to get our picks on uh, the SEC East SEC West because it's decided now we're going to see how we matched up with what the actual results were Uh, we got some some right on and then we missed some horribly but um, we talked about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 just mailing it in and saying no season no season no season Sankey took his time and, uh, and and we had a we had a ten game season. We normally have twelve. And, you know he put in uh, the two bye weeks, the, the normal bye week, then the bye week before the SEC championship game to give us you know opportunity for cancellations, and it turned out great. Yeah, for sure. They they did everything they could, and and this also piggybacks on last one we were talking about the ACC giving Notre Dame a bye into the championship week. You know what's really glaring about that? Florida losing this weekend is a 24-point favorite. Yeah. You play the game. I mean, exactly. you play it. I mean, that that's how – that's what the ACC cupcaked and, and, and basically said, hey, you know – we're gonna we're gonna protect our conference. Hell, if we wanted to do that, we just you know as soon as somebody got to be six or seven, they shut the season down. Let's yeah. put them in the championship game, three or four games in. If we see a good team, hey, we're putting them in. We're not gonna risk them losing. That's you know, that's exactly what happened over at the ACC, and that that's I mean to me that's horse. See, last week I would have said a, a bad word. Now I'm gonna say horse hockey. This week, but <laughs> well, that leads me into I, the into the you and you touched on the Sankey slash SEC being in the losers bracket. Uh, you know, Harris got hurt for Bama first play of the game, and uh, luckily I think that's the only one we lost. But then and then Florida losing, and you know, it was an we lost a potential playoff team. Now I don't think based on what I've seen from Florida, you look at the games the, the games that we've had where Bama played the I think there's eight end up being eight games that matched up uh, where Bama played the team and Florida played the team. The only one that was remotely close was the Georgia game. And I, I do give Florida the nod there. I think they beat Georgia a little bit worse than we did. Score might have been roughly the same, but I, I felt like Florida dominated a lot longer than uh, than we dominated Georgia. But, I, you know, it, 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 it sucks for Florida. Sorry, Topher. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> I actually talked to him this evening before the and just kind of getting his take on things, and he was pretty frustrated with the with the the, the thrower, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of Florida, they were a shoe in. Get it? Get it? I got it. Right off the bat, you don't have to have all inclusive to to get that one pretty quick. Florida was a shoe in to the playoffs if they beat LSU and then beat Bama. Uh, you know, speaking of that game, man, the fog. Did you? I don't. I don't even know if you watched that game. I don't know what the TV service is like down there, but, but man, the fog rolled in about the third quarter. They had to switch camera angles. They had to go. They had to take the camera, I guess, off the the high wire. Um, you know that floats over the field all game, and they had to put it behind the quarterback. And it was it was a cool view, but man, it wasn't what you were used to. And uh, you know, Mullen sitting pits. He he wanted to sit pits for the. Um, for the Bama game, 
that's going to haunt him, you know. And, and that's where Mullen is still. He's still a relatively young coach. And, man, you got to take – like we talked about when Bama was playing LSU, the only concern was we knew we were the better team, but LSU's got dudes. Man, they've got they've got great recruits, and you're gonna like you know like we said, they scored two touchdowns on busted plays where they just out athleted us, and they out athleted Florida. They, you know they were missing Stingley. They had 54 scholarship players. There's no way Florida should have lost that. But that lackadaisical attitude of sitting pits, trying to get him healthy, uh, really cost them. You know, and I think that's going to be talked about for years to come. And man, the shoe throw was just. Heat of the moment, I don't think he did it to taunt. I just think he did it like, yeah, you know, yeah, MF, we just stopped you on third down, and then you chunk the shoe, and the ref comes and says, unsportsmanlike conduct, and he gave a yardage, dude. He said, uh, number three, threw the shoe 20 yards downfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, that is one thing that Bama – I say Bama – Saban always does is that he uh, he plays the he plays the best guy. If you're healthy, you play. Yeah. If you're if you're the best player, you play. If you're uh, if you're if you're trying to win a job or whatever it is, that is of no consequence to him. It's no consequence to rest. I mean that nothing is ever more clear than that than having Devonte back there returning punts. Yeah. We could have any cat back there that we wanted to that could just catch the ball because we got 120 people on that team. There is absolutely a dozen guys that we could put back there that could call a fair catch, catch the ball, and be done with it, and we'd have no risk at all involved. But you know what Saban does? He puts the best player that we have at that position back there. Mm-hmm. That's just what he does. And if, uh, if if there was something going on and Devontae could or couldn't play and it, it was a it's the worst team in Division Three that you could play and you know, San Jose State Tech, you know, their their sisters of the poor, whatever it is, if Devontae's healthy, he's playing there. Yeah, yeah. He is. And and that's the that's the difference. I mean, that's the difference. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I question that. Like with Tua playing against Mississippi State last year, we didn't have to have him to win. And I just – I really wish we would have sat him. But, you know, that's that's not the process. And the process has won us a lot of football games. But, you know, speaking of Smith, and this will wrap up our loser section, uh, I do think that Saban – I think he used some good sense Saturday. Uh, uh, Devontae didn't play in the second half. He didn't play one snap to my, to my knowledge. And he was over there in a coat. And I think, and the reason I think he didn't play is because number it's 46. because he was cold. Number 46 for Arkansas. I'm sure you saw the punt return after the touchdown. You know, he gets tackled around midfield. And number 46 for Arkansas just does a barrel roll, a you know, an alligator death roll on his knee. And it didn't get called. Everybody caught it. You know, it blew up Twitter immediately. And uh, I think Saban knew he's like, man, I can't lose, I can't lose Devontae. We've already lost 17. I, you know, we absolutely cannot lose Devontae. I'm not going to take a chance. We've got this game in hand. And, you know, it, boy, if I put him back out there and something happens, I'll, I'll get, you know, not that he cares what the fans say, but it's just it's easier not to have to answer those questions. So I do think he erred on the side of caution. And, it, like, if you're number 46 for Arkansas, you know, I understand you're pissed that the guy just blew your, your special teams away and scored a touchdown, and, and you know, man, this might be his Heisman moment. But are you? do you really want to be that guy 
that that tears the guy's ACL and puts him out. Is that what you want to live through? Because listen, Bama fans are fanatics. We're not going to forget that. Like he will be he will be vilified the rest of his life. Like, do you really want to do that if you're a player to anyone? You know, do you want to end their their season? I, I don't I don't think that's that's not cool at all to me. Yeah, there's too many cameras around to be doing stupid stuff like that. It's it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, and, and trust me. Devonte wouldn't have come out of that game if it, it if it would have been anywhere inside of twenty one points either. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I agree. But yeah, I, I he, thought it was it the right move. Of a hurt, yeah, what it wasn't necessarily because he thought he was going to get hurt. It was just time. But nonetheless, uh, point taken. Yeah, that guy's a jackass. Yeah. All right, let's get into the game of the week. We're running way over. So, so if you love what? our pod. If you're if you love our podcast, which our seventy five downloads per week indicates you do love our podcast, you're probably like, dude, I wish y'all would go longer. Well, you've got your wish. We're gonna hit right on an hour, I'm pretty sure. But what's funny is what I felt would take up the most time is not gonna take up near as much time because of the game of the week. You know, I was prepared to break down Bama, Florida, but man, it's just now it's anticlimactic. You know, with Florida losing and they don't have anything to play for except the uh, the SEC title. And that, that is – hey, that's great. Like Chris Doring, I watched him, and he talked about getting over a loss your last game of the year. The 94, they lost to uh, to Florida State and had to go play Bama in the SEC championship game. And Spurs like, hey, this is a ring game, guys. This is this means something. And it does. It does. But, but man, what they had set before them, they were eight quarters away – from uh, from being in the in the playoffs, first time ever for the Gators, and with a uh, with a Heisman contender at quarterback. I know their defense isn't great. I know their running game isn't great, but you know anything can happen in a, in a two game playoffs uh, setup. So it's just not near as exciting. You know, Bama, we're in. I mean, we both agreed last week that if we beat Arkansas even by one point, we're in. If we lose, we drop to three or four. But there's no, there's absolutely. No, I think the only scenario where if we got beat and they'd be like, you know what, we can't put them in, is if Mac, Devontae, Najee, and then take about three or four defensive guys. If we had seven season-ending injuries and they're like, well, Bama is not the Bama that we saw all year. That is the only scenario where we would get left out and, and knock on wood, that should not happen. But uh, I, I see this game as Florida hanging around sometime into the third quarter. They're too good offensively for us to shut them down altogether. But I think after halftime, we'll make some adjustments. We'll get back-to-back stops, or maybe we'll get a, a stop and, and then a and touchdown, then a turnover, maybe even a pick six. And, and then it's just going to be, you know, once we get that 14-17 point lead, then Florida's running game, which is non-existent, is going to be trashed altogether. And we're just going to tee off. We had eight sacks this past week. I mean, we're our, our lines of scrimmage. We we are dominant over Florida on both lines of scrimmage. And to me, Florida's only chance is develop a running game, and, and and you know milk the clock. But at this point in the season, you are who you are. Uh, and there's too much to play for for us to not keep our our foot on the pedal. You know, the number one seed, we, you know, we would play in New Orleans instead of having to fly out to Pasadena. And uh, we get, in, in New Orleans, we'll get 3,000 fans in. Instead of in uh, the Rose Bowl, you get zero fans in. That's just a total cluster by both cities. As soon as they realized they weren't going to let at least half the stadium or at least 25% of the stadium be full, CFP should have said, hey, I'm sorry, guys, we're, we're pulling. You know, we're going to a state that will allow at least, you know, 14, 15, 16,000 fans or whatever the case may be. 
So um, I see Bama, you know, favored by 17, and I will I won't spoil where because that's what we're going to do with the bets this week. Um, but I, I I lean Bama to win and possibly win heavy. How do you see it playing out, Tom? Well, I think it's going to be very interesting as far as what uh, Mullen can do with his team. Up until, you know, the freak shoe incident, free shoes incident, throwing shoes, whatever you want to call it. Up until that point, like you said, not only did they have a shot at Bama and the SEC championship, they were going to be in the college football playoff. I mean, that's, it was all in front of them. They had two games to go. They were of a 24-point 24, a 24 favorite over the team. And it was going to come down to one game. Now, don't get me wrong. They knew that was a, that was a tough game. But, but that's what you want. That's what, you want to get to the game. You want to, get, you want to be able to get to the game that matters. If you can get there and it's a one-game playoff, anything can happen. And that's all they had to do. They were a 24-point favorite, and they blew it. And when you blow such a big league, the question becomes, can your coach right the ship in such a manner that he instills exactly what you were talking about, that this is still an important game? This is still a game where you can actually win the SEC championship, regardless of what's going on. You're not getting, you are not getting into the college football playoff. That ship has sailed. So can your players, you know, separate not getting into the college football playoff and also having an opportunity to win the SEC championship? That's a that's a big stretch, but if you can do that. You have a chance because we we we've said that all year. They they have a chance. They're not the better team. There, it's clear. It's been clear most of the year, but it's clear that they're not the better team. But they have a puncher's chance. There's no doubt. They have a passing game that is tough to defend, which is always a a, a tricky thing for any defense, and, and it's tricky for ours. Mm-hmm. So. They have an, an opportunity to put up some points. Now, they need, they like you also mentioned, they need to learn how to run the game in a week's time. Uh, run the game, run the ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, don't be tickling at me, buddy. I'm still in the all-inclusive resort. Uh, but, but nonetheless, I mean, this, it's, it's, a, it's a game they can win, but I think this game is 100%. 100% on Mullen's shoulders. Can he motivate the team to play this week? Yeah, well, they're going to have a fresh uh, Kyle Pitts because he set last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll, let, maybe they'll let Pitts motivate the team. I don't know. But that, that that's what it comes down to to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if you listen to this podcast, you're you're well aware of all the stats. Uh, there's no need to go into those. I, you know, I've got Bama winning. Of course, you've got Bama winning. We'll see how big later. Uh, well, I wanted to recap our preseason predictions because even though we have five games left, I looked at everything today, and outside of one game, there's only one game that can can make one team move up, one team move down. That's Ole Miss and LSU. The other games that are playing, like a Vandy, Georgia, doesn't matter who wins. Uh, Tennessee is playing, I think, Missouri, doesn't matter who wins. And uh, Mississippi State is playing, 
somebody. Arkansas, maybe? I don't know. They've already played Arkansas. Uh, Mississippi State's playing somebody, I think. I don't even know. And Mississippi State's playing Missouri. That's what it is. Uh, but it don't matter. It doesn't matter who wins these games. The only one that can flip flop is Ole Miss can go from four to five. LSU can go from five to four. If Ole Miss wins, they stand pat. So preseason predictions, and I don't know. I, I'm gonna. It's it's difficult as a listener to kind of follow if we list all seven teams. So I think what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna list the top three teams each of us had and the, and the way it fell in actuality. So in the East, I had Florida winning the East at eight and two. I had Georgia finishing second. I had Tennessee finishing third. In the East, you had Georgia winning the uh, the conference. You had Florida second. You had USC third. We both missed our third place. I hit the top two. The actuality, um, Florida was one, Georgia was two, and Missouri was three. (laughs) I had Missouri at seven. You had Missouri at six. So we really missed out on that. But we, you know, the top of the conference, we we nailed. In the West, uh, we both had Alabama at 10 and 0. So kudos to us. Um, we both had A&M at, at two, and you had them at nine and one, which is, uh, was awesome. That's what they should finish out. They play Tennessee this weekend. I had A&M at eight and two, and then uh, I had Auburn at third. You had LSU at third, and you had Auburn at fifth, so you missed that one. In actuality, it was uh, Alabama and A&M, so we both got the top two right, and then Auburn uh, rounded out uh, the top three, in which I had them selected. You did not. You know, our big misses were Arkansas, which now Arkansas did finish sixth out in the conference. We both had them seventh. And, uh, you know, I, you had them O and – you had them O for – I had them one and nine beating Missouri. You had them O and ten to match Vandy's record. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we could have done better there. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was it. Um, you know, Florida, Florida first in the east, Georgia second. And Missouri third, Bama first, A&M second, and Auburn third. Seems that we have some technical difficulties again. This was to be expected. I'm in Mexico for Pete's sakes, folks. I have no earthly idea what Tiffin was uh, taking this week for his games of the week I'll personally be taking uh, Alabama and Texas A&M the two favorites again Um, just for the heck of it because I hadn't really even looked at it I've been on the beach I've been at the pool I've been on the beach I've been at the pool that's pretty much my daily routine and I expect that to continue for a few more days so that's where I'm at. Um, we will continue this till next week after the championship game, and I will uh, I will say that Tiffin has something cool to say about you know trekking to Auburn and whatnot, but we're not actually playing this week. So uh, take it easy, guys. See ya. <laughs>